0: We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not. For generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world, I am Ricky McEachern, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Another compilation episode, this one with abstract painters. I have spoken to many types of painters over the years but the abstract painters hold a special sense of mystery for me they approach painting in a manner that is very different from how i approach it i have always been extremely curious about their process what is especially amazing about many abstract painters is very often they are linear and analytical in their regular lives be sure to check out the full Eager to Know episodes for all five of these artists. The links are in the show notes. One additional thing, a favor I am asking of you. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell two people about it. Let them know you like Eager to Know and suggest that they check it out. If you can just let two people know about it, That would be really great. Okay, with that said, let's get going with this episode. First up is Mark Benja from the episode titled A New World.
1: To me, when I see a blank canvas, it's very exciting to me because it's the start of something completely new. You know, there's just so much potential. I mean, you got this blank canvas I can just start making marks. I mean, I'm not afraid to just start with something, whether it be pencil or even start with just paint, let it dry or wash and see where it takes me. I I feel like artists should always be evolving and clarifying and perfecting. Even if you've got a piece of representational art that I've worked on, I mean, you know, you always kind of question, is it finished or is it not finished? You know, is there something I can do to fix it, improve it. You're going to have real bad days and you're going to think, you know, the worst things, but you just need to keep going. You need to, you just need to do it. You just know that at the end here, something's going to happen. It's going to happen slowly. And I don't have any expectations on the day to day. I don't have expectations about People and what they say they're going to do for me, and this and that. I just, I'm doing it myself for myself. So, there's a three second rule where you drop food on the floor, and if you pick it up within three seconds, it's still safe to eat. The five second rule is if you are inspired, all of a sudden you're sitting on the couch when you come home from work, and you say to yourself, God, I really need to paint. You need to do it within five seconds. Otherwise, if you don't, your mind will convince you not to do it, and you have only five seconds to do it.
0: Darren Jones.
1: So my
2: very, very first series, I was trying to come up with an idea of what I wanted to paint, and I started off in a floral series, and it was all inspired by my mom's gardens that we grew up with, so the irises and sort of all of that. So I was automatically initially when I started painting, taking something from outside, stirring it into this crazy brain, and then putting it onto a canvas. It always evolves. I haven't been doing the same collection for the 15 years that I've been painting. I've always keep evolving. I see something that inspires me and I try to come up with my version of that on a canvas or on a panel and it'll continue till I'm done. You know, like this time right now, I'm working on a commission for for a client, but otherwise I know I'm going to just start creating something caused by what's going on in the world right now. So I might not be traveling, but what's going on outside is definitely affecting me inside. As a painter, I'm putting myself on the canvas. It's me, it's my passion, it's, it's my blood, sweat, and tears that go on those panels. So when it comes to selling it or showing it, you're selling yourself. You know, It's your soul, it's your heart, it's your passion that's, that you're, you're selling. So when you're told no, or you're not accepted for a show, or you're, you start to question yourself, which is never, it's a dark hole you can go into, but you need to avoid it. I get almost sick to my stomach when I'm showing some new pieces that no one has ever seen before. That is a new evolution of something I've been working on that I'm incredibly proud of but have no idea how the world's going to react to it. It can be terrifying, but you've got to fight through that and and know that every there's a, there's a person for every kind of style of painting and you're not going to be liked by everybody. And I'm an abstract landscape artist. You know, most of my work is completely abstract and I know there's a huge percentage that has no interest in my art, but it's really cool when you find someone who is never like that style who falls in love with your work. And that's a really cool thing when that happens. I've been doing Muay Thai kickboxing for a little over two years. What's been really fascinating to me is that it's, it's caused a new collection of art. You see two black belts doing jiu-jitsu. It's a form of art in itself. It's elegant and it's smooth. It tests your, not only your endurance, but your brain and your, your your passion for not giving up and fighting for it because I can have a great week on the mats, and then the next week, I don't remember anything and I feel like a failure with it and I just keep going and and persevere. And so with these paintings, it's motion and it's colorful and it's crazy and it's not only just colors, but there's textures and layers and I actually stand in front of the canvas and had I learned some new technique, I actually do the hand movements with it and my body movement. Who knew something like that would inspire artwork, but it has. I get excited telling people about this because it's something I would have never known at my age jumping into a martial art, thinking it would create
3: a new collection for me.
0: Jeff Cote.
3: I would get frustrated because I couldn't produce what I had in my mind. I started to realize that it doesn't have to be perfect, it doesn't have to look like something. There's so much structure within the work that I do now. A lot of times I paint outlines, just completely doodle and then start to go back in and fill in the spaces or abstract that doodle um, or drawing and whatnot. Every 30 paintings or so, I feel good about what I lay down in the first, first layer. Most of the time I let those layers dry and go back because it doesn't look right to me. It doesn't feel right. And I start to build up the layers. I have never not been able to finish a painting to my liking. I will eventually work on it until I, I like it, until it makes sense from a compositional perspective and from, you know, from a palette perspective. It's fascinating to see what, what comes out on this canvas. You know, it's fascinating to see the energy that comes out in each of these pieces. And, and one thing that I'm really surprised by is the energy that's expended during the creation of a piece. And it's not necessarily physical energy, but the emotional energy that is tapped into and released during that process. You have to get past the point of being uncomfortable with what ends up in the canvas. But at the end of the day, just start painting and see what comes out. And, you know, hopefully you like it. You know, it's, it's a wonderful experience once you get into the groove of it.
0: Sheila Arora.
4: I always thought that you have to think when you paint. With this abstract intuitive painting, you're sort of just letting it come out. You're really tapping inside of you and letting the painting tell you where it wants to go rather than trying to get to a finished outcome. I really just let the painting sort of guide the way for me. I like to just close my eyes, tap into how I'm feeling, And then lean into different colors that I'm feeling or marks or if I'm really into a particular shape I'll just go with it and run with it. So really just tapping into your body learning how to feel and then having that sort of come out of you and translate into the paint onto the canvas. I was in this painting workshop when I first started this abstract painting and having a very analytical background I always thought that you think when you paint and so the instructor had come over to me and she's like Oh, Sheila, you think too much. She's like, you're supposed to feel your way through the painting. And I thought at first she was kidding, but then I realized she was serious and that's that's how you paint these pieces. I try not to think at all and just really let my emotions um, carry me and carry me through the painting and just let the painting tell you where it wants to go. So I think my paintings have gotten so much better just because I'm very present, my mind is there. I'm in the right flow state because I'm always trying to get into that beautiful flow state when I'm painting. And I think those things that you mentioned, like the running or just clearing your mind, preparing yourself, it really helps and elevates your paintings to another level. I've always felt that I could read people pretty well and have a good feel in people by just meeting them. I think that's just the intuitive nature in me. And so I see that kind of in my paintings. Like I'm very intuitive when it comes to using color or marks or shapes or composition. I think I've always just sort of naturally been able to read people pretty well and have a um, pretty good feel on like how people are Um, and I think probably the paintings enhance that because I think one sort of enhances the other being both very intuitive and then also very observant and detail-oriented. Intuitive process and I start with a blank surface whether it's paper or canvas and I lean into the colors that I'm just feeling at the moment especially the first couple layers I just sort of let that come out And then I like to um, use different marks and tools in my paintings and different colors and layers. So it's a layering process. And I work primarily in acrylics with some mixed media. So I'm constantly adding new layers, using different tools to make different marks in my pieces and different shapes. And the process of the painting, the painting just evolves as I'm doing it. I let the painting sort of tell me where it wants to go and um, when I should stop. I don't like to think very far ahead when I'm painting. So I will just think to like the one next thing that I want to do in the piece. And I just need to know one thing. And then I start to think about what is the one next thing after that. The painting brings me so much joy. I think I have just as much joy creating the paintings as I do sharing them. And then even like connecting with other people like you and talking about my paintings. I think you can tell by the way I talk about them that, yeah, I'm just very excited and they bring me so much joy.
0: Frederick Nitsch.
5: At first, I was trying to do trees and little houses and it, they did look awful. Something started happening in the non figurative areas, like in the sky, in the ground, something when the colors were blurring, like something was happening that I liked. I pretty soon quit attempting to do anything figurative. And I just focused on figuring out like what exactly was happening when those colors were blurring in that way that I liked and like, how could I replicate that? And I basically spent like the next 10 years trying to figure out exactly how that worked. Painting was my escape. Painting was my refuge, it was my therapy. It became this very focused experiment for me. I was only using the primary colors in white for most of the time. I was only using one sort of brush, one sort of painting surface. It was a very focused experiment and something about how focused that was, allowed painting, abstract painting to be this escape from thinking that like I couldn't experience like with the majority of my time. I made a piece, it, and it's difficult to look at, and it's, it's not pretty, and I showed it. And I remember when somebody came up to me and said, I hate looking at this, I really like it. That felt to me like a success, and mm-hmm. it felt like a validation of like, this weird paradox where the more personal I have gone with my artwork, the more it has seemed to
6: resonate with people.
0: William Conger. I recall the uh,
6: tremendous differences in sounds and character between the city and the lake or the park when I was a youngster because in those days during the World War II there were a lot of factories uh, smaller factories in the area you could hear them start up in the morning you could hear the the horns and the whistles and then there were still the the old streetcars and as soon as you uh, went to the lake, it was silent. When I'd take the family dog out for a walk, I could one side hear the fog horns, a very mournful kind of sound. And then on the other side, the clanking and the whistles and the noise of the city waking up. I really put that all together in a painting I did in the early 80s, which I called Broadway, which uh, happily was acquired by the Art Institute uh, a little bit later. My aesthetic sensibility is shaped by the, this contrast between energetic, active, maybe even violent versus a very um, quiet and reticent, moody kind of space. For me, uh, a painting is, is uh, it's a kind of almost an architectural problem. I like how things fit together in a way that they support each other. I do think of my work as abstract, but at the same time, it's it alludes to the figure, uh, the figure in motion. It alludes to structure, to the geometry of, uh, of the city. I often start a painting in a very loose fashion, uh, just intuitively, as I did when I was practicing abstract expressionism in a way, the the history of one of my paintings is, is almost a recap of my whole history uh, in development. I start with a very splashy and loose arrangement, and then I gradually uh, bring to it a kind of rationality, you might say, and then still it's intuitive, but one that's informed by how things go together well. I'm still very fascinated by the opportunities that are given to me in each painting yeah and as I get older well I'm a little more willing to uh, try things that may or may not you know may not work out one has to have intentions that is you have to have some uh, notion that you're gonna do X pick up a brush instead of a knife uh, you're going to use color Z you know instead of color a you're you're going to make it thick or thin. You, you know, these are very basic uh, intentions uh, that one acts on. Uh, but of course, none of that is a key to success in any way, shape, or form, uh, because then you put it to work to do something, that is to expose in some way some feeling or thought or some just instant motivation, instant urge. I should say. Uh, So I think uh, in the way uh, a philosopher might say, well, intentions are necessary but never sufficient. You know, you you have to have a plan to get you started, even it may be very simple or it may be elaborate, but in the end, the goal of the work is to express something that goes way beyond the mere uh, presentation of intentions being followed through. Art is really fundamentally about ideas and how we develop our ideas and how we translate our experiences and feelings uh, into ideas of one sort or another that have some kind of physical manifestation, whether it's a written word, whether it's music, whether it's architecture, painting, sculpture, all of these are, are expressions of something that is essentially an idea about experience and it may not be well formed it may not be resolved in fact seeking the resolution is part of
0: the process thank you william and thank you to all of the abstract artists who shared a bit of themselves on this episode be sure to check out all five full conversations on These Artists' Eager to Know episodes. The links to all five episodes can be found in the show notes. And again, if you could please tell two people about this podcast, it would be very much appreciated. My name is Ricky McEachran, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.